LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Unseen Leadership Podcast, where we explore the unseen stories that shaped leaders into who they are today. God's grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in our weakness, even in our weakness as leaders. And so what I mean by that is there's times in my leadership where I'm like, man, I'm failing in this area, this area, this area. And I just had to recognize that God didn't make me perfect. His son is the only one that's perfect. And so as I lean into my weaknesses and recognize that this is my boast is in Christ alone. The only reason this magazine exists or this book came to publication is because of God. Well, welcome to the Unseen Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Chandler Vinoy, here as always with my co-host, Josh Hunter. Yo, what up, dude? Nothing much. It's Friday. We're almost there. It is Friday. (laughs) You know, it's so different now because, you know, Lifeway Friday was almost there, but now that I'm at a church, I'm like, I don't know what almost there means now. (laughs) It just never ends. (laughs) It never ends. But I'm really excited to have a conversation with Diane Jago today, who is a military wife and a mother of three. She resides in Pensacola, Florida. Pensacola, Florida. That is where my wife is from. And she is the founder and chief editor of Deeply Rooted Magazine, where she works with her team to encourage, inspire, and equip women to be deeply rooted in Christ alone. She is also the author of the brand new book, A Holy Pursuit. Diane, so happy to have you on today. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. So excited. Just as Josh mentioned, down in Florida, just scrolling through your Instagram, it looks like living by the beach is just a blast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Does your family, I've seen some surfboards. Do you guys surf? Yeah, my husband does. And then when I saw my kids get up on a wave, I'm like, okay, I got to get off the beach to get into the water. (laughs) That's awesome. It's so fun to... um, you know, talk to somebody that's living in Pensacola or from Pensacola, because like I said, my wife is there and I've got like some of the greatest in-laws on the planet, um, John and Beth, and they are, John works at All Baptist Church. And that's where Ethan, your husband just took a position, right, Diane? Yes. So he just accepted the college and young adults um, position there to be the director of. Yeah. Well, his tattoos are awesome. He's that's the perfect position for him. (laughs) (laughs) If you have tattoos that awesome, that's the only position for you. (laughs) That's great. Well, let's go ahead and hop in here, Diane. We're excited to hear about your story and how the Lord's led you to where you are. So can you walk us through a quick overview of the different leadership roles you've been in over the years? Yeah, I would say um, first and foremost, I'm a mom of three. And so I worked as a stay-at-home mom and then um, ran a business on the side from home, um, which is Deeply Rooted Magazine, as you guys mentioned. I started that six years ago. And so it's an annual publication that's just about glorifying God and womanhood. So Um, once a year, we put out a magazine that just talks about topics of theology and how that relates to being a wife or a mom. Um, we have recipes and DIYs in there. And so it's just a really pretty visual product, but also, um, I wanted it to have like a theological depth to it and just to point people to scripture and point them to their local churches. And then, um, I had the opportunity to write a book for B&H and that's a holy pursuit, how the gospel frees us to follow and lay down our dreams and Um, So that's just a new kind of role that I've stepped into being a writer and um, doing things like these podcasts and having the opportunity to speak and lead there. And lastly, um, as my husband accepted that position and him serving in college ministry, I've just been able to come alongside him and help lead um, the college and young professionals at our local church. Well, I love, you know, just looking at the Deeply Rooted Magazine, like you said, I mean, it is just put together really well. It looks like just really well designed. 
So kind of share with us, how did that idea start? I mean, I'm sure it popped in your head one day, but I mean, it's totally different to go from an idea to an actual magazine that people are subscribing to. What did that process look like? Yeah. So before I ever had the idea to start a magazine, I was pursuing wedding photography and I just love um, just pictures, taking pictures, looking at things that have um, beauty in them and, and clean design, even with um, graphic work. And so mm-hmm. one day I was sitting on my couch and I, I had seen someone post on Instagram, this independent magazine. It didn't have any ads in it. Um, it was, it's not a faith-based publication, but I ordered a copy myself and I'm like, wow, this is beautiful. And this would be super cool if there could be something like this on a Christian market. At the same time, um, I just had a heart for women's ministry. I wanted women to be able to think deeper, um, to really consider how just, I don't know, theology affects their day-to-day living. And so um, as I searched online and Googled things, I'm like, there's nothing like this out here on the market. And so um, we did a crowdfunding campaign to to raise money for our first issue to see, is this a product that people actually want, that they also believe in? And so um, the success of that really helped fund the first issue. And we just printed our 15th issue um, wow. this past June. That's really neat. So along the way, I mean, did you, because like I said, it's, you're all of a sudden, you've seen your idea come to fruition people start saying, Hey, we really, this is a great resource. We want to, we want to, you know, subscribe to it. Did you, what did you learn about yourself through that? Um, Cause it kind of, it probably unlocks some things where you're like, I really enjoy this. I didn't even realize this was something that I enjoyed. Was there anything that you stumbled along the way that, that the Lord was teaching you? Yeah, I think um, obviously I loved photography, but there also was a passion in me for writing And so to be able to put those two things together was super cool. I was able to look back and be like, man, I was so set on this one industry and I had no idea that God was preparing me for something entirely different. And alongside that, um, just being able to pull together a group of people about in every issue, we have about 50 people that help collaborate. And so we're tying in their gifts, their dreams, um, their passions. And so like, for instance, even just in the recipe section, someone me when she contributed, she's like, man, I love cooking. I love creating new recipes. I had no idea that I would be able to use this um, for the mission of something even bigger than my own kitchen. It's helping other women in their homes. And so it's been super cool to be able to partner with other people and see them um, come alongside. That's such a cool story. So looking back on you know your story and we talked to the different roles and the early days of leadership and, and what those transition look like, but tell us about a moment or like a pivotal moment or moments that you look back on that really changed your leadership in life? I would honestly say it's, it's definitely the crowdfunding campaign. I think that's where, like you guys had mentioned, it went from an idea to something that, okay, mm-hmm. this isn't just something that <laughs> it's fun to take pictures and it's fun to write, but now I actually have to manage a team of people and I have to pull together resources. I'm going to the printer and I'm tell, I'm handing them a stack of magazines and I'm saying, I don't know what I'm doing, but this is what I like. Can you <laughs> help me? And yeah. so um, that was just huge for me because it was like, now I had people's, they had donated money and I actually had to make a product out of this. And so <laughs> I, I had to learn really quickly. Yeah. So in this, this is kind of the day and age now where, like you said, you have a team of 50 and I'm, I'm sure not all of them live in Florida. Is that correct? No, no, they're all over the world, which is super cool. And it changes from issue yeah. to issue as people are able to step in and out. We have a core team, but then we also have contributors and collaborators. 
I mean, a yeah. team of 50 is no joke, by the way. Yeah. That's a big team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what I was going to ask is, I feel like that is, I'll, I'll, you know, the move kind of leading a team before was we're all in the same office. We're all in the same location. I'm leading, you know, around the same table. Well, now, which I guess the pandemic has added this to a lot of people, <laughs> but it's over video calls or it's picking up the phone and leading people. And just, you know, if, how does it look like to lead a team of remotely 50 people uh, across different areas? And just as you said, if, if it wasn't exactly what you wanted, how did you learn to lead through that? Through a lot of spreadsheets and emails, <laughs> I feel like. Um, just really clearly communicating the vision, um, laying that beforehand, making it very clear so that their expectations of what they want to give me matches what I'm expecting of them. And, and just having a lot of patience and grace and learning along the way that, hey, if we mess up this go around, we'll make it better the next time. So I, I would say a lot of trial and error and a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah. Gotta love spreadsheets, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what was your biggest mistake as a leader getting started? And maybe how did that set you up for success down the road as well? Um, I think because so working from home and at the time my husband was in the military. Um, so this is like our business, but he was gone in and out and a lot. I would say the biggest mistake that I made was honestly keeping him at an arm's distance, um, not having him as involved in the process from the very beginning. So when I did the crowdfunding campaign, he was working a job that had really long hours. And so mm -hmm. my work time was during nap times. It was when he was away and he was gone. Um, and so I kind of went, I had this mindset okay, that his military job, that's where we would move to his locations. We would go on his trips, all those kinds of things. This was my business. And so I had no idea how his leadership in the military could translate well into our business and our ministry. And so um, now that the, thankfully the Lord convicted me of that and was like, you need to bring him alongside, utilize his gifts, allow his strengths to help with your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. um, that helped us set up success to be able to work together. And so now we launched a podcast and he's a oh, dynamic wow. speaker and he's, he's really great and helpful. He has ideas that I didn't have. And I think part of it was also like, I'm working in women's ministry. How can a man contribute to women's ministry? But he really does have a heart for women and he wants mm. to see them um, successful in their walks with God. And so it's just been all around better for our marriage, for our business. Um, yeah. That's actually really, really cool. And Chandler, it sounds like we have our next guest. We just need to figure out when to get Ethan on the thing, you know? Yep. So tell me, tell me, Diane, like, how has it been leading with him? I know you talked about some of the strengths um, that he brings and really the, the truth of leadership, right, is like not to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to have all the answers around the table um, with your team. You just have to get the people that have those answers around the table. Mm -hmm. But what have been some of those strengths that you've seen complement um, maybe areas of growth that you have and then vice versa? Um, I would say when, at least when I'd like approach a team meeting before it was kind of me just telling them this is what it is, but he's really good at like, let's empower, let's delegate, let's empower our team members. Let's consider their opinions and their strengths. And I honestly didn't go into the magazine thinking, oh, I'm leading people. I just, I think I saw like the end product of what I wanted and how can we make this work? Um, but he just, I don't know. He just, he compliments me in that way. And he's taken things where, um, like when he was deployed and he's, um, rescuing people in mountains, <laughs> he is having to delegate. Wow. He's having to work under stress and under short notice. And so even within this pandemic, as we're thinking about launching a publication during this time, um, he's been able to consider just 
like what does it look like to do something like this in a stressful time in a time where people are hard up and so um just another perspective and it's been super helpful mm-hmm. really well, like that. there's so many follow-up questions that we could probably ask about ethan rescuing people in mountains <laughs> we'll no, there's, there. a, there's like a man man crush developing from me over here to be honest with you i have a crush on him too <laughs> <laughs> um but what because i'm just I'm, I'm truly fascinated by um you all being able to bring the deeply rooted magazine to life. So <laughs> I apologize for all the questions here, oh, no. but I would love to, to even for, for, I feel like nowadays it's, it's easy with crowdfunding. There's, there's ways to get your idea to become a reality. I think for, for younger leaders now, there's more opportunities than ever mm-hmm. to be able to create your own business, to be able to make your idea into a reality. How, and that's, I'm not going to say that's the easy part, but I'm sure that you found now that people have subscribed, it's now you have to sustain it. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, of course there was that moment where it was startup phase and now you've moved into, you're building a business and, and trying to figure out what's next. What did that step look like of, Hey, we've, we've started this mm-hmm. up. People have, you know, given to the crowdfunding, but now we're on our 15th issue. And we're got to continue to sustain this and grow this. Was there a, a shift in your own leadership and even in the business that, that took place? Yeah, I, this is kind of a hard question to answer because when we started up, we actually were doing four issues per year. Um, and it was just a pace that I couldn't keep up with. Like I said, I was staying home with my kids and our yeah. family was growing. And so about two years into it, we actually made the decision to scale back to two issues. And then... Um, and then about two years later, we scaled back once again to one annual issue. And this felt so counterintuitive. I'm like, man, mm. here we are. I don't want to lose momentum. Um, I don't want to disappoint our readers. And yet I know just for the sake of myself and my family, that this is a pace we can't keep up with. And so um, <laughs> I feel like I'm the worst person to answer this question just because um, I had to, for me personally, I felt convicted that I need to make sure that I'm leading my kids and I'm leading my home mm. first before um, my business. And so, you know, in a weird roundabout way, though, this ended up benefiting us because now our content is stronger. Our readers are still happy. And um, one one issue just it still fits. So, yeah, in a sense, I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I think the transparency there is is so great to hear. So yeah. thank you for that. You know, uh, you've mentioned it once and we've mentioned it in the intro and I'm fascinated by this and I would love to like dig into the why a little bit, Diane. And sorry that we're getting off script here, by the way, to listeners. So I'm sorry, Diane, if you're like a planner and you plan all these (laughs) so sorry, but it really is fascinating. But um, the first thing we said, you know, you're a wife, but you're a mother of three. And then you just mentioned now, hey, discipling my kids, being at home with my kids. Why is that so important? Um, And even like biblically, yes, I definitely want to hear about that, but just in leadership as well. Why is that the most important thing to you versus like leading your team and trying to get Deeply Rooted Magazine um, growing and bigger and better and reaching more people? Give us a little clarity there if you don't mind. Yeah, I think it's really easy to um, define what is successful, what's failure, what's uh, a, a better or I don't know, more seen role, like the podcast name is unseen leadership and being a mom is an unseen thing. As I look at my kids, like I have, we just have school orientations and I have a fourth grader now and I'm looking (laughs) at him and I'm like, man, this is crazy. You're nine years old. You're halfway to 18. I just have this opportunity to 
pour into you. Like a lot of times leaders desire influence and they want to change the world. Well, that really starts in the home. Mm-hmm. And um, as I'm leading my kids, I'm recognizing I have three followers here that mm-hmm. love me to pieces that um, hang on my every word and I have an opportunity to pour into them. And so if I'm glued to my phone, if I'm um, stuck in emails, like what is that benefiting? What is it to be able to t- tell women, you know, love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, keep your homes, love your husbands and all those things if I'm not living it out myself. And so that's really where the shift happened in my business is I want to practice what I'm teaching essentially. And um, it the home life matters, te- helping women matters. But when we look at um, when we look at the world and recognize that everything that we do, whether it's seen or not, whether it's liked by people or not, it's an opportunity to glorify God. That's a, that's a game changer in our leadership. Mm, I, you went exactly where I was hoping you would go with that and really life-changing quotes in there. For a lot of the people listening to this podcast, saying we don't, we don't know if they're married and have kids, but I'm going to go ahead and make a pretty safe assumption that a lot of them are married and do have children. I think, it, and I don't have kids and Chandler doesn't have kids. We just have a four-legged dog you know <laughs> what's your dog's name is it riggins riggins yeah riggins and then chucky so they still haven't met one day they'll become best friends but as leaders we could get especially parents i could see a world and diane maybe you've struggled with this and why you're so intentional about it um i don't want to put words in your mouth but i could see a world where we get so focused on careers and getting mm-hmm. influence and climbing the org chart and the hierarchy ladder right and whatever we're doing or making whatever we've made the best and the most innovative that we lose sight of the fact that discipleship at the home is our first calling, right? And that developing others is your number one calling and developing your kids is probably your number one calling as a parent. And yeah. so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. What, what were you going to say? Even, even if you don't have kids at home, I think even in terms of the local church, like we all can mm. be spiritual mothers and fathers to people as we're discipling. And, and really that's what God's given us our gifts for, not yeah. just our spiritual gifts, but um, to be iron sharpens iron to the local church body. So, yeah. Man, that is so good. Thank you for sharing. Well, hey, before we get to the next question, let's take a moment and hear from our sponsor. In the midst of this unique season, Ministry Grid wants to help your church stay on the same page and maintain discipleship. Their hope is to help you continue to accomplish equipping the saints for the work of the ministry, even during social distancing. With Ministry Grid, you can train your volunteers on new or updated policies and procedures, resource your staff on new or updated ministry structures and responsibilities, share digital access to Bible studies for groups and classes meeting online, and equip families in at-home discipleship. And here's the best news of all. Ministry Grid is offering a special offer just for our podcast listeners. To learn more about this offer, go to ministrygrid.com slash podcast to get unlimited access for $3.99 a year. This offer is only valid through October 31st at midnight, so make sure you sign up before the end of the month. Now, once again, just go to ministrygrid.com slash podcast to learn more. Now, back to the podcast. Diane, what book do you wish someone gave you when you were just starting to lead? So looking back at, you know, in your journey of leadership, I'm sure you've read a ton of books right now. You just wrote one for crying out loud, A Holy Pursuit. What book, after all the ones you've read, do you wish someone handed you when you were just starting? So this year I read a book called Discipline by Elizabeth Elliott. And it's not necessarily a leadership book, but it's just touching on topics of like discipline of time, discipline of work and so forth. And so the thought of being able to master discipline early would have saved me a lot of disorganization that flowed into my leadership, I think. Discipline is definitely 
a great character quality. <laughs> and it is so hard. It's like we have to live under, and you can't just say you're disciplined if you're only disciplined in a certain number of things. You know, mm-hmm. it's just things that you really like to do. So like discipline is like living under this umbrella of discipline. Everything I do mm-hmm. is, uh, and not me, Josh, I'm not saying like, <laughs> but everything I do should be uh, under the umbrella of discipline. It's really hard. Yeah. It's a fruit of the spirit. I think that's what I've had to realize is I just have to ask God for help in that area because yeah. I don't have it naturally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what was your biggest misconception as a young leader getting started? So we kind of talked about this earlier, but I would say thinking that my team needed to be local, um, I would, I really wanted a physical space. I really wanted, what if we could have a brick and mortar shop? And it's just interesting to me that COVID has proven that this is a model that has just almost gone out of the window in ways. There's a lot of brick and mortars that have closed. There's um, a lot of major companies that I'm surprised are filing for bankruptcy. Um, And just a lot of businesses are focusing on their online presence. And so I am really grateful for the fact that we have a remote team and that we've been able to operate as we have, as my husband and I have moved across the United States over and over again, we've been able to take it with us. And so, um, yeah, I just thought that we had to have a local team and I I envied that in people who had that. Hmm. Well, it feels like God was preparing you for this very season. (laughs) (laughs) We know a little bit about brick and mortar, you know, because we had to go through um, the painful season and really technically still are going through closing a lot of the Lifeway stores. And it is Mm -hmm. painful. It is really hard. But um, I'm glad you guys have figured out rhythms to remote work and being connected, even though you're not being in person. Yeah. And it seems like you guys got ahead of the curve in a little bit, in a little ways. Oh, maybe not. (laughs) I I hope so. I hope so. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, if, if, that season happened during the pandemic, it would have been a very different story. Yeah. Mm. And I think other businesses are, are, are mm. feeling that. <laughs> what are some of the qualities you wish that you had had as a younger leader? I would say, I wish I had the ability to delegate. I was a perfectionist and I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had to do everything myself. And um, the, the problem in doing that is I just missed out on utilizing gifts where people are just stronger in other areas. And so um, just now that I've been working with Ethan, it's just been helping me to show, hey, I can delegate things more. Um, Another one I would say is just being goal oriented. I think initially it was like, okay, I want to make a magazine. And that was like the big goal, but I wasn't really thinking beyond that. And so, um, and then I would also just go back to discipline. (laughs) As I touched on before. So you... You created a magazine that was fully your idea, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not trying to say it was like still yours, but I mean, it's it came from your own idea. So, like you were talking about delegation, as a perfectionist, was there a moment where when you kind of let go of the reins that you it was very frustrating in the moment? Like, was there a learning moment there of when you when you let things go and the perfectionism was there that you had to struggle with to learn that? Um. Not really. I think there was just more freedom in in doing so because just being a perfectionist and trying to do everything on my own led to burnout just mm-hmm. early on. Um, and it made me really tired and weary. And so when I was able to let it go, it was just more of like, wow, this is kind of nice. I should have been doing this a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. I think of uh, the, there's a George S. Patton quote. He says, don't tell people how to do things, tell them what to do and let them surprise you with the results. Ooh, right. That's good. Yeah. Um, and so it's, 
It's hard though, because especially if you have something that you really deeply love, like the Deeply Rooted magazine. <laughs> I actually didn't mean to do that. It really just came out. But um, you have something that you really deeply love. You want to tell people how to do it, when to do yeah. it, and try to. It's such a temptation for anyone. But man, I love that quote. Don't don't tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do and let them surprise you with the results. Yeah, that's really good. Well, let's move to the quick hitter questions here. Quick These hitter. are short one minute answers. And we'll get started with this one, Diane. What is your ideal daily routine? So what time do you wake up, get go, to the office? Go to the beach. You go know. to the beach. When do you surf? All that good stuff. <laughs> oh, this is this one's hard just because with having kids at home and COVID and all that, it's just my routine. Yeah. So my ideal routine would be waking up, doing my devos. Um, I'm not a disciplined person, but I would like to be a person that works out. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then doing my work and just being ready when my kids come home from school. What's your favorite personality test? Um, I don't know if this is a personality test, but the love language test, I think it's really cool when okay. you learn how you give love to other people and how you receive love. So yeah. Love that. What, are, what are, what are your results with that test? Um, I'm a words of affirmation person and quality time. Words yeah. of affirmation, quality time. Well, we'll what? share that with Ethan if he doesn't know. <laughs> no, Ethan, I hope you're listening right now. Oh, he knows because it's like 10 at night. And I'm like, let's talk. Like, oh, quality time. <laughs> yeah, <that's hilarious. laughs> what is an unusual habit that helps you in your leadership? So I was thinking of this in terms of like leading the college and young professionals at our church. And yeah. I like looking up Gen Z terminology because I don't know what they're saying sometimes. <laughs> so I'll be like, like the other day, someone said jorts, which means jean shorts. And I'm like, okay, so they were just like teaching me and schooling me and I need, I need to be on the up and up. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I get it. What is, uh, what's your favorite app on your phone right now? Um, so I like Instagram, but for productivity, I like Todoist. It just feels really mm. good to like check off things on, on my list and it helps me stay disciplined. I've been trying to figure out like a good, um, a good process or system for to do checklists being in this new job, because I feel like I walk away out of every meeting, you know, especially transitioning a new job with 10 different things. And I use Slack a lot. Um, and yeah. I think you can compare those apps, but I haven't been able to figure it out yet, but I've, I've heard of to do so I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, Tim Challies wrote a book. I can't remember the title of it. I'll have to send it to you guys after, but he, he gives kind of a short process. It's a book on productivity. Um, but it's helped me kind of formulate my, how I use it. Diane, have you read um, or heard of Checklist Manifesto? No. That's a pretty good read. I, you could, I, I didn't like read every single page of the book because it's, it, it can get a little repetitive. Um, so if you want to check out like uh, an executive summary or something like that, that's also a great book we've talked about on the podcast before. Checklist okay, Manifesto. Cool. Yeah. I can't remember who wrote it. Chandler, do you remember the author? Uh, his initials are AG. That's all I know. <laughs> I can see the name. Yeah, yeah. Just Google it. Um, So Diane, from that book you're talking about on productivity, what was your biggest takeaway? I mean, uh, clearly it it impacted you a good bit. What was what was one of your biggest takeaways? So I just Googled it. The book is Do More Better, A Practical Guide to Productivity. Um, I just I think the fact that I just need to have a system instead of I would (laughs) feel a lot of like burdens on me. Like, man, I have to do this, this and this. And when I could put it into a to do list, it really helped me. Um, just set timelines, set dates for it and sort out my brain basically. Yeah, there was a, we had Ben Mandrell on the uh, president and CEO of Lifeway and he mentioned a book, uh, Get More Done or something like that. And kind of the same thing where it was, I think he used the phrase, our head is not a place to store ideas. Mm -hmm. We need to get those out. 
And yeah. it's and it allows us to then be able to to kind of dream and be creative. But I mean, I, I'm just thinking there are days actually it happened right before this podcast. I was had my to-do list of about five things in my head. And I was like, why have I not written these yeah. down in my to-do list yet? Like <laughs> I just kept trying to remember them and I yeah. keep forgetting. So yeah. that's a great, great reminder. <laughs> and it's actually funny. I was laying in bed this morning and and I was a little stressed out of all the things that I have to do. And Haley's like, well, have you put them down somewhere? <laughs> you make, she goes, do I need to make a list for you? I'm like, oh, yeah, it would be really helpful. So Diane, like you're, a, well, actually, I don't know if you're like, a, you would uh, identify as like a creative at heart, but you are very creative. Um, you can go to your, your blog, danjago.com. It's, it's really awesome. I can tell you've done a lot of work with it, especially being a photographer. What is your process of not holding ideas in your head? Like how, how do you think through those? How do you get them? pen to paper? How do you work through that? Um, I think just studying, like, this is going to sound weird, but like, I, I like to study things in nature. Like I like studying patterns. I like, um, just finding different things that inspire me. So they might not be directly related to like making a magazine or, or photography, but reading art books, um, just kind of branching out of different things that give me inspiration. And then when I, when I have those moments, I'll either put it in like a Pinterest board or I'll put it um, on a list somewhere on my phone. And so just being spo uh, spontaneous about it, but then also being intentional about it, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, that makes sure. sense. Well, what has been the best book you've read in the past six months? Um, I love Elizabeth Elliot. I've been on a huge binge of hers. <laughs> and so I read a book called Be Still My Soul. Um, mm. Just a really practical book about applying the gospel to your daily living. I, uh, for one of my seminary classes, I had to read through Jim Elliott's diary oh, cool. and it was one of the, I mean, it just changed. The, it actually made me journal. Like that's now a, a speaking of discipline, something that I try to do close to every day. But as I was reading it, I stumbled upon a lot of Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliott, and she's just an incredible writer and just a woman of God. So yeah. totally agree with that. So I bet that's been a great journey to, to read a lot of her writings. Yeah, I I read his journal. I started reading his journal too, and I appreciated. This is going to sound dumb, but like his transparency. Because yes, yeah, I probably didn't expect that it would be published. But yeah, um, sometimes I write in my journal. I'm like, oh, will someone read this someday? <laughs> yeah, don't you have that thought? You're like, if somebody were to read this, like Jim Elliot's, what would they think? <laughs> so I'm totally stealing this from your website right now. Which for those listening, please go check it out. Awesome website, by the way. You've done a great job with it. But in that book, because you have it highlighted, be still my soul you had a quote and it looks like it was a prayer from her younger years, which is perfect for this podcast, but the prayer is work your whole will in my life at any cost. Can you tell us like why that quote stuck out to you um, in the season? Why, why it impacted you enough to put it on a website? I think because it's a really bold prayer. Um, work my will, <laughs> work your will. Sorry, not my will. Yeah. 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 That's the prayer we want to pray. Work my will at any cost, please. And it's our tendency to want to work our will. So whether it's in leadership, whether it's running a business, especially like you want, you have goals, you have aspirations, but are you willing to hold those loosely? Are you willing to submit those to God? Mm. Um, those are, that's a big thing to pray. And so that's why it struck me. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm kind of scared to pray this. But at the same time, I know no matter what his will will be done. So yeah. Yeah. We went through a, Season of Life. Um, I I read Chandler. I feel like we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it was a long time ago. But I was going through a devotional by uh, I think it was written by Life Church Craig Rochelle called Dangerous Prayers, and that feels like a really dangerous prayer to pray, right? You know, work work your whole will in my life at any cost. That is a that is a really dangerous prayer, and those are really scary things to pray, but they lead to lead to some of the most fruitful 
um, seasons in our life. And a fruitful season can also look like a painful season. So for those going through painful seasons, please don't be afraid to lean into those and um, trust the Lord that they're going to be a fruitful season. Last question, Diane, what one sentence advice would you give someone going into a leadership position for the very first time? I wrote this one down and I wrote, God's grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in Mm. our weakness, even in our weakness as leaders. And so what I mean by that is there's times in my leadership where I'm like, man, I'm failing in this area, this area, this area. And I just had to recognize that God didn't make me perfect. His son is the only one that's perfect. And so as I lean into my weaknesses and recognize that this is my boast is in Christ alone. The only reason this magazine exists or this book came to publication is because of God. And so um, my boast remains in him and not in myself. So it can be easy to be really introspective as a leader and just focus on your flaws. But um, that's where God's doing a work in your heart. And that's a great passage for the season, 2 Corinthians 12. Um, I read it many, many times, and it's just as encouraging every time. Well, Diane, thanks for joining us on the podcast today and sharing about your leadership journey. And thank you for listening today. We hope it's been helpful to you and your leadership. If it has, head on over to Instagram, give us a follow, shoot us a DM, let us know what you liked, and we'll see you next week. Peace.